doing Right now it's daylight I don't know why I have a long streak And I'm thinking I'm sinking Yeah, I'm thinking I'm sinking It's streaming in Down on the east side Been up all night This has been a well-earned beer today <laughs> uh, Kid stuff? Uh, phone. So oh. cell phones in our house are like cars in your house. Ah, so I, I don't I'm, see your cell phones and raise your car problems. Yeah. <laughs> cell phones I could live with. I can find ways around phones. <laughs> well, teenage girls oh, can't. Any, any little, isn't it kind of crazy? The life we live these days, any little inconvenience is a big deal now. Oh, right? I know. I, you and I did survive for many, many years without needing a cell phone. <laughs> I had my Nokia flip phone in college. That was the first one I had. Right? Exactly. I had some, I don't know what it was. It was something from Sprint. I remember back that. Back when Sprint used to exist. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't anymore. So, oh man. So, yeah. so what's going on? What's going on with the phones? Well, here, we're, we'll back up. So, okay. I don't know. I guess it was probably six months ago. Kaylee was sitting there flipping her phone in the air. And I go, Stop it. You're going to drop it. And she goes, oh, these phones are almost indestructible. And she instantly dropped it, and it shattered the screen of it. Oh, Jesus. And I was so pissed. So we got it fixed, but when we got this phone for her two years, almost two years ago, it was the free one for opening a line. So it had, like, no memory on it, and she has to delete apps and photos, like, once a week so she can just... The phone can function. Yep. So about a month ago, we're like, all right, well, she's starting to hang out with kids that can drive. Her boyfriend just got his license yesterday. Ooh. So we're like, we need to get Life 360 on her phone. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have room for it. So we'll get her a new phone. Okay. So we got her the Galaxy Z Flip 4. It's one of those Samsung flip phones, okay. but it's okay. still touchscreen. Okay. And so yesterday I was on my way home and I get a, a text. We have a problem. Oh, no. And so I call instantly. Kaylee dropped her phone. The hinge of the phone broke, <laughs> which caused a bubble in her screen. We can't put her password in to do anything on the phone because that's right where the bubble's at. Okay. What time does the AT&T store close tonight? It was 745. One of them by us closed at 8. I go, we can head over there, but they're not going to have the phone in stock. Nope. Let's just deal with it tomorrow. I'll go at lunchtime. <laughs> okay. I go at lunchtime. I'm, I'm, I'm in the store for half an hour. So the store manager's helping me. He's like, all right, I opened a claim. It's under warranty. You just have to call AT&T's line, and they'll process the claim. I'm like, okay. So I get in the car. I call. I talk to somebody for a while. I'm like, I'm trying to explain to him. And he's like, well, it looks like they started the claim, but they haven't processed it because people in the stores are lazy. Flat out said they're lazy. I'm like, well, it's okay. Let's do something about it. He's like, well, I got to transfer you to our warranty department. Just the nightmare. I'm already. I, I'm already stressing out for you. I'm not even involved in the situation. I'm getting my my uh, my dealing with companies. Yeah. 
you know, anger is building up right now. <laughs> yeah. And, and of course it's offshore people. And so it's, I mean, even for as much as I've worked with offshore people, it's still tough to understand at times. Oh, yeah. So he, we go through the whole spiel. He's like, all right, well, I'll open the claim for you. We'll start processing it. What's the, it's like IMEI number. I'm mm-hmm. like, where am I supposed to get that from? Well, you'll have to go into settings. Yep. But you can't I've do already it. told you I can't get into the phone. <laughs> well, do you have the box? Yes, I got the box. Well, it should be on the side. I'm like, that number is not on the side of the box. I have a serial number, I ha- and I rattled off all these numbers. He's like, no, those aren't them. Nope. Are you sure you're looking on the side of the box? Bro, I'm a- <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what do I- how do I get this number? He's like, well, you're going to have to call Samsung. I'm like, are you serious? I've sat on the phone with you for an hour, and you can't do anything. Yep. Well, uh, click. <gasps> no. Oh, no. So I call Samsung. Mm -hmm. The woman's like, well, it's on the back of the phone. It's just really small. And I look, you need a magnifying glass to see this number. Yep. (laughs) In great. I thought I had would be if if it's registered online somehow on your online account. You would think so. You think they would have all that. The woman woman at Samsung said, well, they should have that already. But uh, yeah. It's written in gray, real tiny, on the back of a gray phone. <laughs> so she's like, well, we use uh, U-Break iFix as a licensed vendor to fix these. So you can actually take it over there, and they will do it, and it should be free as long as it's not physical damage from being dropped. <gasps> yep. I'm like, shit. Yep. Well, and the guy at the store is like, I wouldn't even mention the hinge. I would just talk about the bubble. Yeah. So I talked to you break. I fix. They have the pieces in. I can take it over there, but I don't. I'm like, I we have insurance. It's under warranty. I'll just do it through AT and T. I call him back. I'm on the phone for another hour with the AT and T people, mm-hmm. and the guy's like, Well, let's start troubleshooting. Can you? Uh, can I text you a link? I cannot use the phone. All right, well, we'll skip that step. Let's go to the next troubleshooting. I go, you don't understand. I need a new phone. <laughs> oh, well, I guess we'll just skip all the troubleshooting. I'm like, yes, let's skip it. Yeah, yeah, just, oh, my God. <laughs> and so after that, it was repeating everything like four times. And uh, oh two hours on the phone with them, half an hour in the store. Oh my god! Of what you had to stop to call Samsung so they could tell you it's on the back of the phone that you can barely see. Yeah. Because <laughs> how else would you have known it was on the back of the phone? You don't know that. No. <laughs> Everyone for EIM, it's always in the settings. It's 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 in the phone once yeah. you're in there. Obviously yeah. Obviously, you don't have access to it. So yeah. <laughs> oh my god! What a nightmare. So as a result of all that, I'm drinking a Four Hands Hapy, Hazy Super Sodi. Yeah, Hazy Super Yeah, you need a you need a, you need a road sodi right there. Yep. <laughs> oh my well, god. Th- that's what this is based <laughs> off of. Um the can of the first batch of this was like the 
the blue and white cups that you would get at the at quick stops, mm-hmm. like for fountain sodas. That's what the can look like. So it, this one is a little different. It's red and white bubbles. I don't know if you can see it very well. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's supposed to look like those soda cups still, but a little bit different. It's a uh, yeah. double dry hop, double IPA, 8% mm-hmm. ABV. Um, they put food pairings, and this pairs well with cheese puffs and beef jerky. Nice. Well, what? I mean, come on. That's what you would want to pair it up with, especially the beef jerky part. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a solid beer. It's got hints of pineapple to it, which I kind of forgotten about. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I would have said that you probably need to go see if you can find one of your 13% beers or something like that. For yeah. <laughs> I almost thought about it. Wow. What a nightmare. What a freaking nightmare. And we've all been there, done that. It's just dealing with any company now. It's the worst. It, it is. It's the worst. It's the downfall of our society, to be honest with you. Yep. At least, like, if you deal with Amazon, because mm-hmm. they messed up your order, they usually just like, well, just keep what we sent. We'll send a replacement. Pretty much, because they're like, we got too much money anyway, so it doesn't matter. I mean, that's nothing to them. Yeah, um, and they're just they're just gonna take your phone and refurbish it anyway and resell it. Oh yeah. So, wow. So, because now was this just a straight up drop, or was she tossing it around again? I think she just accidentally dropped it, and I think it was on the carpet. And so, even with the even with the case on it and everything, it didn't no, have the case no. on it. But you would think on carpet it would be fine, but apparently these hinges yeah. are a problem with those type of phones. Uh, well, well, I can oh, I'm, see being, I'm being told right now it wasn't on carpet. She just came down. Oh, she's trying to defend herself. I, I guess so. She must have known I was talking about the phone. She could feel the force. There's a disturbance in the force of talking about her. <laughs> We could have been talking about a door. She said, what else is there that has hinges? (laughs) My sanity. (laughs) It hinges on the brink of insanity. So, yeah. Wow. Well, can I see your broken phone and raise you a broken door handle on a car? (laughs) Oh, no. It figures. I... I, uh... Well, the day, two days before that, or a day or two before that, I can't remember, uh, I get home and Jenna swapped out the car for the truck. And I'm like, why did she swap out the car for the truck? And then she gets home. She goes, I don't know what's wrong with the car. I put it in reverse and it died. I was like, wait, what? Well, I was able to, you know, get it and put it in neutral and roll it. And I pulled it out into the street so I could get out. And I didn't want the car to die on me when I went somewhere. So I'm like, oh, my God, what now? What now? <laughs> I go, it fires, it fires up fine. She's been driving it since. Yeah. Gremlins. Gremlins with an old-ass car. That's all yep. I'm going to say. I don't know. But knock on wood, it's running. It's fine. But then yesterday she gets home, and she's calling me, and then she honks the horn to have me come outside. <laughs> I go, what? What's wrong? It's running. What's wrong? And then she turns it off. She goes, I don't know what happened. I didn't do it. I was like, you're the only person in the car. You did something. What? <laughs> she goes, she's holding the door handle, the interior door handle in her hand. It snapped off. <laughs> It, I go, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be joking me. And I was just like, Did you point out that the common denominator in both these things was her? <laughs> no need. No need. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, man, I just go, and, and I'm like, I'm stressing a little bit, but she's like, Hey, car's running. It could be worse. It's just a door handle, right? At least the car. And I was like, Yeah, 
for sure. All you got to do is roll down the window, reach yeah. outside, pop it. <laughs> it still works that way. Because <laughs> I, go, I go, Jen, I got to order a part. I can't magically make a door handle appear. I got I to gotta order it, and it'll get here, and I'll fix it. But you got you to gotta wait <laughs> until you get the damn part. Because they don't just keep door handles around at you know, O'Reilly's and stuff like that. You got to actually, these are special order, special parts that you got to order. You, you, and, uh, you could just keep the window rolled down and slide across the hood and then climb in through the window. Well, I was thinking about maybe drilling a hole in the exterior handle and tying a little rope, like a little piece of string <laughs> and, and, and feeding it through the window. And then when she's ready to go, kind of like pull on it a little bit. <laughs> somehow that way. But no, no, I didn't do that. But then I, I, I look online trying to find a good used, you know, or not even a used one, but just a, just something that's affordable for it. I go, I go to Toyota first because it's on one of the Toyotas, and from them directly from the dealer, it's like forty eight dollars. I was like, it's it's a freaking piece of plastic. It's all it is, <laughs> forty eight bucks. I was like, okay, let's go OEM. Let's go, let's go with somebody else. Let's see if I can find it somewhere else. And I go to a reputable uh, third party seller, and mm-hmm. it's like thirty something. I was like, okay, well, there's you know, save them almost twenty bucks that way. Yeah. Close. And I'm like, okay, well, well, well I, I know I'm like, okay, let me see if I can even go cheaper than that. So then I go to Amazon, which I bought stuff from Amazon before. And I, I've used eBay before too, but eBay is just, I didn't want to wait that long. I yeah. wanted the thing to get here sooner because I don't want to have her waiting that long to open a door <laughs> or using the window technique to get yeah. in and out. But uh, I go and I look at Amazon and I'm reading through these parts and I don't even have a clue. These manufacturers are maybe China, yeah. maybe Pakistan, India. I don't know where these things are coming from. And I'm reading the reviews. And the first review that comes up is, it works and fits kind of. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm not dealing with kind of. This guy had like, he's like, well, if you if you take a bevel drill and you drill a hole slightly at an angle, and the, it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> you got to be kidding. So I was like, no, I'm not dealing with it. I go to the, I go, I go for... There's the cheap, the middle, and the expensive. I went. I usually live my life in the middle. I try yeah. to live my life in the middle area <laughs> when I'm buying stuff like that. So, so, did you try looking cool. at like online salvage yards? Yeah, yeah, and stuff right. like that. Yeah, but it's I, I, I'm taking the approach where I'm at that point in my life where if there's a problem with it, buying it from a good reputable dealer where it's supposed to be a newer main, a refab, not, not even a refab, but a uh, replica of what what you're supposed to be getting. Yeah, that way if it sucks, I can just ship it back. Yeah. Screw it. You know, I, I don't want to deal with having to do where if it's a, a salad jar, once it's once you buy it, it's it, you're done. Yep. I didn't want to have to do that part of it. So but um yeah, that was my uh that was the car issue of the week. <laughs> There's always something, dude. It's always something. At least that was minor, right? Oh well, yeah, for whatever it could be, for sure, for sure. So Oh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. I was like, I was like, I wonder if every week you're wondering what's it gonna be this time. <laughs> That's just going to be a new segment on the show. Every time, right? Yep. If there's and then when we when there's something that doesn't go wrong, you're like, oh man, show screwed. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we have to fill ten minutes. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm always good for a good ten minute story about something wrong with my life, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's too funny, dude. Well. Well, I'm glad that your uh, your efforts appears that you're going to get your new phone there for your daughter because yeah, she needs that. So you guys are using the Life 360 is what you're doing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to because it okay. it does stuff like tell like how fast the cars are going that she's riding in. Correct. Yeah. So that's the main reason we're yeah, getting my sister, it. 
she was spying on my my niece when she would be driving to school out in Indy, and <laughs> she'd be like, "You're going 90 miles an hour. You need to slow down." <laughs> <laughs> so, in some ways, okay. And see, Jen and I have been debating the Life 360 thing. Like, the we're getting to that point too. I think we're eventually when he starts driving on his own, maybe it's it's important to have it. But then again, I'm like, we didn't have it. And it's, uh, is it an invasion of privacy or is it a safety thing? You know, all that stuff. And do we trust our kids? Do we not? You know, we, we debate it. Yeah. I mean, everyone, and you, you're like every other family right now. If the technology's there and you, it's a peace of mind thing for you and your wife as a family, why would you not do it? You can sleep better or you're at least you're, you're able to function better knowing that your daughter's safe. That's really what it's about. Yeah. But it does bring up conversation points where you're like, you want them to be on their own and hope that the values you've instilled to them to make good decisions and be safe on their own versus you're all so stupid. The generations behind, we're just getting dumber and dumber as a species <laughs> and we can't trust anybody to do anything right these days. <laughs> so I think, where's about, that fight balance? I think about the fact of the, all the stupid stuff I did at their age. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe I can keep them from being as stupid as I was. Hopefully but yeah, I, that's the goal, right? <laughs> that's always the goal. But I feel like I'm failing. So, <laughs> well, you would tell her, don't Thanks. toss the phone. Don't toss the phone. Look what just yeah. happened after you tossed the phone. <laughs> so I don't know if I told you this, but a couple weeks ago, I went to a baseball game with my mom and we were talking about grades. And I look at her and I go, I am sorry for my middle school years. Because <laughs> <laughs> the exact same thing is happening that happened to my parents. So. As far you said for as far as your grades were, yeah, I because uh, I was the kid that never did homework and would ace the test, okay, and I would always get in trouble though because m- my grades were like all C's, mm-hmm. and I was smart enough to do better. I was just lazy. <laughs> well, not lazy. You chose. You made a decision to do other things you'd rather do with your time. <laughs> yeah, and so we've run into that with one of the kids. No. But we can go online and see, like, up to the minute how everything's doing. Uh-huh. Kaylee, you have a D in art. Why haven't you turned these four assignments in? It's art class. <laughs> well, I'm having problems uploading them because they have to do it all through the computer. And I'm just like, ask for help. Well, talking to my teachers gives me anxiety. Oh I don't God. care. Ask me for help. I work in IT. Mm-hmm. I can figure mm-hmm. it out for you. I'm pretty sure I can learn how to upload a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can do that much. <laughs> Whatever so. happened to, here, here's a drawing I did. Yeah. Hand in a piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. And they, so I'm having problems uploading it for the system. Yeah. You upload it. Here. If you they, want it on there so bad, here you go. You do it. <laughs> she seriously, it's, they do a piece of art. They take a picture of it. They upload it. Yeah. It's. Yeah, and then that goes back to what we were just talking about with Life 360. As, as far as the instantaneous, we have access to every little information part of their life. And then, but then again, you're also taking the approach of when there's a problem, you want them to fix it because yeah. they're going to have to. It's about becoming a mature adult. And this is part of the maturing process of telling them, hey, there's going to be uncomfortable moments of interaction with people throughout your entire life. You're going to have to get over that. You're yep. going to just have to, you know, grit your teeth and just do it yeah. <laughs> you know no but we i don't want it and then you get so fresh you're like fuck it i'll do it <laughs> you yep. know just to get it out of there but i i know trust me deal with the plenty of the same stuff as far as yeah 
These kids, with as far as that they're the uh, access to help that they have, you know, as yeah. far as there's no excuse to not succeed in school anymore. <laughs> to be honest with you, oh yeah, with as many resources with as many resources they have, uh, and if they really wanted the help and they go to their teacher, there's not really that many teachers out there who say no, I'm not going to help you. Now, mind you, it might not be at the convenience of the person asking for the help. Yeah. I, and I go, yeah, because you're asking for their extra time. You need to adjust to whatever they want to do <laughs> and then and figure out a time that works. And it might mean sacrificing your sleep or your free time. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> and you're going to have to just deal with it. So in sixth grade, the teachers have said, look, we, every day after school, there's a teacher here. If your students fallen behind, they can stay after school and we will have them come in and, we'll work with them. It might not be their teacher. It might not be the teach like the specific subject they need, but we can all help out. Yeah. And Will has come to me a couple of times and he's like, can I just, could I just go? I'm like, I'm glad you want to go, but you've got everything turned in. You're doing fine. You don't necessarily need to do that. I mean, I, I told him like, like, if you're struggling to understand something, yeah, then then you'll want to do it. But you're having you're not having a problem with that right now. Maybe it was a matter of socialization. Maybe his friends there and he's supposed to hang out, kind of thing. I, I no, I don't think so. I think he just wants to be comfortable that he does know it all. But that's good. Well, good on him. That's awesome. Yeah. My, kid, my kids at his school, he has the same thing. Um, yeah. As far as uh, it's called the uh, learning center or something like that. It's the same thing. It might not be your specific teacher, but there's a teacher that can help you. Yeah. When they come to us for help, like my son, he was working on um, it's 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 algebra two or something like that. I think is what they're doing right now. Yeah, it, it reminds me of calculus, to be honest with you, as far as the graphing functions and things like that. Yeah, and I'm seeing f, you know f of x, you know f f of x equals and domain and range and all this stuff. And I'm like, it rings a bell, but bro, you're trying to make me remember math I did over 20 years ago at this point. And I was really good at math. Like I, I, I excelled at it and especially excelled at it in, in college in regards to my calculus class. I, I did really, really well at that. But I had one-on-one uh, -on -one attention with my teacher because uh, I took it in the summer because <laughs> I'm smart. Yeah, <laughs> You take those kind of classes in the summer when you don't have as many kids there and you can get their attention a lot better. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, buddy, you're going to have to go ask teachers. I, I can try to help you best I can, but there's people that do this all year round yeah. <laughs> that are experts at this stuff. You're going to have to ask for help. <laughs> so, yeah, but there's no excuse. There's too many resources these days for these kids to, and, but I love the fact, could you imagine going to your parents back when you were a teenager and go, I have anxiety about something. There was no such thing as anxiety when we were kids. I oh no. Think. I just don't think it existed. <laughs> I just, it was either you do it or you, I don't know. You'd suffer the consequences basically. Yeah, pretty much. And, I mean, I kind of told my kids that, but more as a, look, these options are out here for you. Use them. I didn't have those options. Exactly. And my life would have been so much better. Yeah. And I also am a firm believer uh, in education where we had a principal that was like this before he left. <laughs> as soon as we got to the school like the next year, I was like, I was so upset he left. But the principal is also a matter of putting the onus on the children where – there it's there like as far as turning the homework if they don't turn the homework you can't be the mom or dad that drives up to school and brings it to them because they forgot it or like you said i'll upload it for you or stuff like that but i also understand where where we're going with society is 
competition for everything is getting harder and harder. Yeah. And getting, <laughs> getting, not even getting ahead in life, but just surviving in life. <laughs> it seems like it's so much competition for every little step they take where if you let them fall behind a little bit, you feel like as a parent, you're letting them down and you're going yeah. to be setting them up for failure. And that, there's plenty of, of success stories about, you know, Hey, they weren't a great student. They, they, you know, they almost flunked out of high school, stuff like that. But I'm like for every one of every awesome story about a kid that was like that, there's millions of other stories where you don't hear about the other kids that were actually, well, no, they're super brilliant and they're really good at school and they're just as successful kind of thing. He didn't do good in school, but he hosts his own podcast now. <laughs> there you go. Right. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that though, because uh, I've been up at school probably once every other week bringing something up to Will. His yeah. Chromebook, most of the time, he forgot his clarinet one day on a band day. It's just it's like my mom probably would have done the same thing at the time. So, yeah. but it just makes it easier that we're working from home because otherwise I'm like, sorry, dude, you're on a luck today. Yeah, if we were all, if it was also a traditional set of work these days, you would be totally out, of, totally be out of luck. Yeah, you, it's like I can't leave the office, go home, go drive there, and get back. You know, all that stuff. It's just no, it doesn't work. <laughs> There's not enough time to do all that stuff. No, I used to have to do that back in our old State Farm days, though. Yeah, because of a uh, car seat. Oh God! <laughs> when we had one car seat and we'd forget mm -hmm. to switch it. <laughs> Oh my god. That probably happened like Remind three you, times. Now remember our parent there was no such thing as car seats and yet nope. we still survived. We still survived somehow. I don't know how we survived, but we still did. Yep. So going back to Live 360. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that wasn't around back then for us, but we're also in a much different world. Oh god, yeah. Oh gosh. Where kids are growing up way too fast. Yeah. And and here's the funny thing in the world that we used to grow up in. Where if a parent wanted to get a hold of you, they knew how to get a hold of you. They, yeah. they would know how to, they would know like, hey, you'd have to go, hey, you don't leave the house unless I know where you're going to be at. If you're not there, oh, that's your ass, <laughs> you know. Yep. Versus these days, well, it's like it doesn't really matter because I can get a hold of you wherever you're at. So I mean, it's just it's just different. It's it's the same but different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do. Uh, it's one of those things where I, I get it. I understand it. It's gonna be different, especially when you're worried the whole time about. You know, hey, when they start getting jobs and they're staying out late because they're and they're driving home late in the dark, and it's just like, uh, I, I, and you can't go to bed until you know they're home safe, kind of thing. That's what's coming. That that's the different stress. So yeah. instead of not sleeping because they're crying and they're little infants, now you're not sleeping because now you're waiting to make sure they make it home. That's going to be the big difference now. Yeah, I'm gonna have to apologize to my mom for that in a couple of years, probably too. <laughs> oh, I was the worst about that. My I, but my mom never slept anyway. <laughs> Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know. plus, well, I was, plus I was the youngest. So see, you're the oldest. That's why yes. I, it was for you. See, with me being the youngest, I didn't care as much. <laughs> yeah. I'd come home at two o'clock and they'd be like, your curfew was midnight. I'm like, sorry, I won't do it again. Next weekend, the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Which is funny. Cause like I didn't drink a lot in high school. I did a lot in college, but, uh, when Kevin graduated high school, was when I graduated college, he had friends over that spent the night because they were going to stay there and drink. I'm like, what was this for me? <laughs> At that point, they were done because they were done with you and your other brother. <laughs> they were just done. <laughs> yeah, my mom found out the truth a couple years later after, right after dad passed. 
she was having a bunch of friends over and she was getting up she's going through her bottles of booze because they were going to be drinking when people were there she pulls out a bottle of whiskey i'm like apple juice <laughs> she pulls out a bottle of vodka mike goes water water <laughs> she's like do i have anything downstairs and we're like no probably not <laughs> Oh, the joys. The joys of it all. Yeah. She, oh she can gosh. laugh about it now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm curious what our parents would do if they were in our situation, or if the roles reversed where they had to raise us during the times that are now. Because it's, it's true. You're, you're right, man. These kids, just grow. they grow so fast, and it's just a different world where everything moves a lot faster. Kids are maturing way faster. They're experimenting way sooner with everything. Yes. And then um, you get to the point where your daughter's out and you're worried about the guy she's with. Yep. But then well, you're, I mean, that, that exists no matter what, but yeah, but probably more so, especially at, yeah. at high school age. But then the flip yeah. side is my son's going to be going out and he could be falsely accused. Exactly. So, I mean, there's no easy way to deal with it on either side of it. Oh, well, it could be like my son and just not leave their room ever and not be involved with any people at all. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of so wish for that at times. There's, there's always another option, Jay. Oh, there's no. another option, but there, there's a whole different. <laughs> no, see, a whole different circumstances for that. <laughs> my my kids are that, but they're polar opposite too. Because they are, if they're at home, they're in their room, mm. but they want to go. Hey, can I go to so and so's house after school? And then we won't see you until dinner time when we go pick you up, and then it's straight back to the room. So we either don't see them here or we don't see them away. <laughs> uh, well, it's teenage years, though, so that's yeah. to be expected, to be honest with Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, that's and that's the thing we always go back to. It's like, well, there's a football game. Yeah, when we were in high school, we wanted to go to the football game, too. So the the big question now is, do we just require them to stay home one night on the weekend just to hang out with family until they start working? Because, I mean, we still try to watch movies. We still watch whatever Marvel show's coming out as a family. Yeah. See, and yeah, we, we, we need to do better about that. Our, our, I don't know. We They, they just don't like anything that we do. <laughs> yeah. As far as me, it's been. <laughs> so we don't want to hamper what they like doing. So we can't yeah. really do things. But, but we yeah, have to we do family outings and stuff like that. It gets harder. Yeah, it gets harder and harder as I get older. That's for sure. Yeah, we we have to find a balance on like what kind of movies we watch because yeah. Kaylee doesn't like action movies. She likes horror movies. Well, the other two can't sit through a horror movie because it literally scares the crap out of them. Yeah. So eh, we figure yeah. it out though. Yeah. Oh, the joys of having a family, sir. The joys of it all. No, oh, yeah. It's nothing but stress. <laughs> nothing but stress, and pretty much. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's, it's, and it's so crazy what you said in regards to what the the things you have to worry about now. Where, you know, I'm sure back when our parents were going through it, as far as, I guess back then, teen pregnancy was a big deal, or AIDS was a big deal. Even yeah, sexually transmitted disease was a big deal. Nowadays, it's pregnancy and rape. Yeah, <laughs> or or like you said, it's falsely accusing a guy of, of raping, or you know. Uh, these kids now they have access to <laughs> on their phones and it's harder to monitor that kind of stuff. But hey, or, they're, when they're seeing, they're probably watching pornography way young and they're thinking that that's what a relationship looks like, yeah. you know? It's, it, and it's just like, Oh my God, you kids are just not, 
it's not what real life is. And, and, and they live out in that social world where it's everything's on Instagram and everything on Instagram looks like it's amazing. And Facebook looks amazing. Or you have Snapchat where you take the, where they take the naked pictures and it goes away. And that way knowing there's no proof that you did it or something like that. And I'm just like, except they're all sitting on a server someplace. See? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, but, so it's like, and then the other thing is bullying. I mean, yeah, there were, there was bullying when we were kids, sure. but Everyone now can be a keyboard cowboy and say whatever they want. And then if you say it to the wrong person online, a person you might not even know. Yeah. Then they show up to to school with a gun the next day. (laughs) Or or they don't show up anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All these different things these kids got to deal with. It's just like, I don't know. You can't put them in a protective bubble, that's for sure. Yeah. Experience the world, but... But they're experiencing the world at a much harsher way, I think, and I, I feel bad for them. It's just they don't have the freedom or the safety that maybe there, it, things were bad when we were kids and we just weren't exposed to it. But yeah, it just felt well, like the world was a little bit it wasn't as harsh. It, yeah. it, it was it was rough, but it wasn't harsh. I mean, this world is very very harsh. Well, and the flip side is we grew up in that, and now we're trying to parent in this. Oh, I know, right? Which <laughs> this is a whole different thing. We're, yeah, you know. A kid starting a rumor on Facebook or starting a rumor on Instagram or however to work, you know, whatever social media they want to do, that could ruin a kid. Yeah. It could, it could, and it sticks around. It's not like it goes anywhere. And, and no matter how hard school boards or parent groups or the school itself tries to squash that and try to, you know, create a community within the school that's all accepting and whatnot. That's just not how society runs. That's, yeah. that's not how it ever will be. No matter how perfect of a utopian society they want to imagine there, it could be, it's just never going to happen. And you just got to do the best you can as far as just raising your kids with good morals and values. And then the ones that are not raised that way, they get weeded out at some point. You yeah. know, they, they won't succeed. That's for sure. So, so you want to hear really crazy. Um, my nephew goes to a school in West County. He was homeschooled for a year, and he's going back. He's in middle school, I think, for the first time. So uh, he's in eighth grade. Eighth grade, okay. So he doesn't have a lot of the relationships the other kids have. And so his parents went to the principal and the counselor to talk to him about it, and the principal flat out said, look, he's going to be an outcast because of his religious beliefs. Yeah. He's a... He, he tries to be a good kid. He has a moral compass, and he allows that to dictate what he does. And the school just flat out said, sorry, he's going to be an outcast because of it. And he, he was homeschooled his entire life until no, eighth grade? No, he, he wasn't. He, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't think sixth grade was in the middle school for them. I don't know. Maybe it was. But in seventh grade, he was homeschooled. Um, cause they had issues with the school, but they, other parents that were doing the homeschooling with them pulled down, they couldn't do it still. So they sent the kids back to public school and now he's struggling to fit in because. Well, you know, I, being a solutions based person, I always go, well, if it's a religious thing, why not put them in a Christian school? Yeah. I mean, I, it's a sacrifice for the family. And as far as, you know, everyone was the affordability, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I was like, yeah. But sometimes, if that's what's important to you, and that's you know what you value over everything else, yeah, prices have to be made. It's and, just and scholarships and, and and grants and volunteering and yeah, 
taking you know taking extra jobs stuff like that yeah it all comes with the territory yeah it, it was just the fact the school didn't even put the effort there and just said sorry he's gonna well, be an you, outcast I, I, I don't know, I'll, I'll rebut that with the moment did you really expect anything better um <laughs> we've talked to our school about um one of our kids Mm-hmm. They've had they've had issues in the past with bullying, um, mm-hmm. so much so that suicide has been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, we wanted the school to be involved. And last year, um, there were issues with the counselor, and I think it was more not necessarily believing the severity of it. Mm-hmm. And so. Aaron said something to the school principal and the school principal said, well, that's unacceptable. And so this year at the beginning of the year, we met with her teachers. We met with um, her grade counselor, her grade principal and the school principal. And they're all, they've all worked with us mm-hmm. and they've like, we've been in contact with them since then. And they're watching out for her seeing like helping her build relationships. Um, it's, it, it's hard to deal with. But the, yeah. our school look, look, has been... Look at, what, look at all the effort you had to put into it, though. Yes. It wasn't just a simple send an email and expect it to be fixed. Right. No, it it's, like you said, going up to the school in person, yep. meeting with people multiple times, multiple different people. Yeah. Uh, also probably having to document things that probably happened or keeping... Because, you know, if it turns to a he said, she said thing, the, the principal's hands are tied. But right. it's also a matter of... Look at all the legwork you have to do these days. Oh, yeah. It's a, a good environment. But it's, it's, they... It's they saw what we put into it and how it's been a benefit this year and their school, rather than helping with it, just said, sorry, he's going to be an outcast. Yeah. That's crazy. That is crazy. It shouldn't be that way. We I I won't agree on that. It shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't. I just, I'm taking the approach of it doesn't shock me. It it doesn't surprise me. Well, you're not, you're not, you're not going to get a reaction. I mean, it goes, Oh my God, really? No. I'm like, Oh, that makes sense to me because that's just the way it is these days. Well, and the flip side of it too is these parents are there are so many parents that aren't involved, and that the teachers are left to kind of fill that role, and it gets exhausting for them at the same time. Because, yeah. yeah, they'll have a class of twenty kids. Well, if even four of them yep. don't have parents that are involved, that's just so much extra stress for them. Oh, yeah. So. I can, I can see that side of it where the teachers don't want to get involved, but I, I think we have a good core of teachers for. Well, it's also a matter of the parents have also created a society where it makes it harder for a teacher to want to be that parental figure in their life because the last thing they want to do is I felt the kid needed a hug. Well, now, you know, you touched them and, yeah. you know, you know, stuff like horror stories like that or, you know, just anything that makes their job harder of trying to be what a teacher should be, which is a safe place for those kids to be. Yeah. These these teachers are underpaid yep. and they don't want to deal with the politics of it all, you know, well, and they could get fired for it. They could get reprimanded, suspended, anything that doesn't fit into their little school square box of a perfect world <laughs> that doesn't exist and they're just like my hands are tied i can't do anything anymore they, they they don't have that freedom to really be the teacher they need to be right and that was part of the reason aaron isn't a teacher now because she did a uh, a permanent sub role where the teacher went it was on a maternity leave mm-hmm. and she just got so invested in some of these kids lives and she's like 
I'm not even their teacher. I'm just there for like three months. Mm-hmm. And I can't stop thinking about these kids. What's it going to be like where I have to do this year in, year out with every group of kids? Oh, yeah. Yep. So it's helped it me because she's it takes a breadwinner. A <laughs> you gotta, I don't know how they do it. And, the, and I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's impossible to create the, spe- the the perfect world those teachers need to be able to really be successful in what they want to accomplish with these kids. It's, yeah. I don't know. Because to be honest with you, the success of the child, it, it from what I've discovered and what I'm sure any good parent would say would be for the kid to be successful in, in school, it's, it's a partnership not only between the parent and the teacher it's a partnership between the parent and the entire school yep somehow being you know, the, the the kids that do really well are the their their parents are visible at school yeah you see them picking them up or you see them volunteering for extra things that happen that the school is involved with or they're up there meeting with teachers after school before school yep. working with counselors stuff like that um, hey we've gone as far as buying school lunch one day back during the pandemic mm-hmm. Just as a sign of appreciation for what they've done. Yeah, because <laughs> I can share a story. <laughs> our poor, our poor, the new principal at our school this year, because we ha- we've been having a problem since our original principal quit a couple years ago. We've been playing uh, musical chairs or re- the revolving door with principals. Where yeah. We had one, he lasted one school year, then quit. Then we got another one. She lasted two years and then she quit. <laughs> she just flat out, nope, done. And then, and I don't think it had anything to do with the kids are horrible. The parents aren't great. Or, you know, I, it's, it's just, I think people are just dealing with things like they're like, oh, I'm a teacher. I can go find a job anywhere. I could do, if I don't yeah. want to work at the school, I can go get one somewhere else. There's a and lot so, of, there's a lot of politics in school too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> so our eighth grade teacher last year is now the principal of the school. So they hired from within, which is great. And everyone, everyone loves this guy. He's actually really good. Super smart. Very, very kind. Really loves the kids. Um, is there for the right reasons and all that stuff. <laughs> it's, it's his first year. And he came in in a year where it just so happens where a lot of teachers, they just retire. They were due to retire. They're just like, hey, I've been here. I'm old. <laughs> it's time for new blood to come in. Or there's other teachers that just moved on or they just got out of the team. Like we had one teacher. She's like, I can't afford to do this. I need a job that pays more. It was straight yeah. up just money. It, it really was. It's not that she didn't love the kids because she was actually an alumni. She went to the school and she Ooh. came back to teach at the school. Yeah. And they just didn't pay her. So she's like, I'll, I'll go work at Boeing. <laughs> she gets paid better at Boeing. So stuff like that just getting out of the industry altogether. Um, and so this year, um, one guy's already quit. He, he, he didn't even get through the first quarter. He made it a quarter. Wow. <laughs> His brand new teacher, brand new to the school. I think he had a teaching certificate. I don't, he's still like in school working to graduate, but he has a teaching certificate. Right. <laughs> and then, um, so he's quitting. And then there was this big fiasco with the Spanish teacher where the Spanish teacher was making grades based on the class, not the individual student. So if a student didn't want to do like an oral exam and speak something fluently in Spanish or whatever, the whole grade or the whole class got their grades knocked down. And people were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If this is supposed to be a taught, not graded class, first of all, 
But even if it is a graded class, why does it? Why does my kid get punished for another kid not wanting to do the classwork? Stuff like that. <laughs> so it turned into a whole big thing, like the whole thing. And this poor principal is dealing with upset parents about it, and because. Well, there's a whole other there's politics. We'll say that. Yeah. And then today we get another email. The Spanish teacher has now quit. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, just like, you know what? Okay. <laughs> this poor guy. I feel so bad for this principal. This is one of those things where you, you want to send the principal an email going, you're doing great. You're doing the best you can with what you got. You're dealing with the hand, the, yeah. the hand you got dealt. <laughs> yep. So... Yeah, man, it's it's crazy. <laughs> I couldn't believe. It. I was I've been laughing all week because two, basically two teachers quit. Didn't even get through a, a quarter of the one one school quarter because I think the quarter ends this week or something like that. Wow. And then you put in the resignation before the quarter was even over. How do you deal with that as a principal versus when we were in school, the teachers were there till they died basically. Uh, I mean, pretty much, yeah. They, they Some of them might even died at school. <laughs> It's just well, they had, they had tenure. They you know secure jobs. You're not going to lose your job as long as you're doing an okay job. <laughs> you're not yeah. going to lose it. So you had job security, which that's what's changing about society a lot. To be honest with you, I don't think people believe in or care about job security anymore. No, no, only thing for them. And I think we're kind of caught in a generation between the two. Yeah, because our parents, that's all they cared about. They wanted the they they got the good paycheck as long as they, they stayed with the company for 30, 40 years, then retired with the gold watch or whatever. Right, yep. that, that whole thing. And then our generation is like, well, that's what they did. But then we're also now around for the younger generation that's about 20 years younger than us. And they can't stay at a job for more than six months, it seems. Yeah. <laughs> and they're hopping on to the next thing, the next best, you know, the next best thing, no matter what. Yeah. So. Or, I mean, contracting is so big right now. Well, I'll, I'll work here for 18 months and move on to the next job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because a lot of that has to do with the fact that a lot of the younger people, they're not getting married young. They're being married in their 40s now, yeah. <laughs> you know, or late 30s, 40s, not having families. Yeah. So they're mobile. They can go, OK, I, I can't find a job here in St. Louis. I'll go find a job in Chicago. I'll just move there. You know, yeah. stuff like that. Versus the thought of us having to move our entire family <laughs> to somewhere else. You know, that's a big deal. That's a, that's not yeah. just a quick, easy decision to make that, that you're uprooting lives. Yep. If you're not in well, military lives, that's different. But um because that's just part of the gig, but first, you know, other people, yep. it's not really as common. So, yeah, man, I don't know. It's just a weird world we live in. It is weird. So, all right, let's. Wow, look at us. Uh, We're talking like adults. I don't like this. I know. Let's, let's, let's cool go to the fun stuff. stuff. <laughs> is, there, is there time for fun stuff? Yeah. <laughs> ah, I, I make time for it. All, wait, all this started. I want to let you know this whole thing started. With your daughter dropping a phone. <laughs> Talk about a butterfly effect. <laughs> I know. I'm cracking another beer because of it. Oh, boy. <laughs> just, I'm stressed out. This world's stressing me out, man. <laughs> so, yeah. Another another Four Hands beer. Another IPA from them. It's a, called uh, Glennon Live. A portion of the mm-hmm. sales go to uh, Cardinal Glennon Hospital. Oh, awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Going on a blueberry IPA. Ooh, going from pineapple to blueberry. You're very fruity tonight, dude. Very, very fruit infused. I've been called fruity before. Ah, other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, before you get started, though, can yeah. I ask? Before we even get the homework, yeah. Did you get your job? Did you start Dom at all? Um, I am two episodes in. 
I went to high school football last weekend with Madeline. They had an eighth grade night, and yep. Aaron wanted something to do, so I said, "Well, just go on and watch it. I'll catch up." Okay. Then oh, I so she haven't gone so back. She, so she's plowing through it then. Well, she's in a. She's only through three episodes. I'm through two. Okay. So okay, we'll, but we'll go. We'll we'll circle back. I was. Just, I've been. I've been anxious to ask to see if you actually watched it yet. But yeah. we'll go over that when we get that part of it. What did you have any topics you wanted to go over? Not really. I mean, right before we started recording, uh, comic book resources said Harrison Ford is our new General Thunderbolt Ross. Really? So it's official. I I guess so for the Thunderbolts. Hmm. Okay. If he brings his A game, he's going to be great. I mean, it's Harrison Ford. I think he's amazing. I think he's um, so different from William Hurt, though. It's going to be noticeable. Yeah. It's not... I I think, like, the jump from um, Terrence Howard to um, Don Cheadle wasn't that noticeable. They played the character kind of the same way. I'm going to see Harrison Ford, and I'm going to think Indiana Jones or Han Solo. Yeah. And he just the way he talks with his mumble. Well, I think I'm, might be I'm hoping for actually to be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. Take pause on that. I'm hoping for the Harrison Ford that is Jack Ryan from Clear and Present Danger and um, Patriot Games. Uh, Patriot Games, yeah, I, that's Play. what I'm looking for. Or maybe even uh, Air Force One, have him be presidential in a way like that. But I mean. Um, it's been 20 years since he's done a role like that. I know. I know. He's going to have to dig deep. <laughs> he's going to have to show up. He can't, he can't phone this in. I could, I, I just see like him. I see him. He's going to phone it in. That's my biggest concern. He's going to phone it in, dude. I don't know if I'd say he's going to phone it in, but he's just so old and grizzled that the only yeah. time I see him now, I think of Ralph Garman's kind of mumbling. Rah, 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 rah. And I think that's what we're going to end up seeing in the role. To try and stay positive with it, though, how about we were we we weren't expecting much, I guess, from Michael Douglas and Ant Man. I thought he was great in both of them. I he was surprising to me. That was very surprising, to be honest with you. I I no, I don't think so because he even before that he was still doing different kinds of roles and he was still acting a lot. Okay. Can you name anything Harrison Ford has done? Before Force Awakens, I mean, I going, the last, I the last indie. Was he in something since Force Awakens? Has he been in anything since that? Yeah, let's see here. Because <laughs> if it, if he has been, it wasn't memorable enough to say that he was actually in it. I still have Sheila Booth pulled up from last time. Which one? Sheila Booth. Oh, we, okay. We we talked about him fairly recently. Yeah. Where's the search bar? There. All right. So we could just go right into a Harrison Ford filmography. Could do that. Go for it. All right. It's pulling up. So I do know his first movie was uh ah, the George Graffiti? Yeah, George Lucas. And yep. that he was a carpenter on the set and brought in for that. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole reason he got Han Solo as well, because because of relation, the prior relationship. Right. And then Indiana Jones after that. All right. Mm-hmm. I guess he does well, I, He does have a few small things on Jones, here. Is Indiana Jones 5 done filming? Um, I don't know if it's done. I know they're in the process. Last I heard, they were in the process. Okay. So he had done stuff before American Graffiti. 
Mm-hmm. Like, mostly a, a lot of TV work where he showed up for an episode or two. So, like, he was on two episodes of Gunsmoke. Uh, Mod Squad. A lot of stuff I haven't heard of. But, yeah, his first big role was American Graffiti. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Kung Fu for an episode. Mr. Harrison. Um, but then, yeah, New Hope was his his big break. That's his big, that's his big break, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was in Apocalypse Now. He got... I'm trying to remember. He, he, I think it was a bit role, and he got it because of his relationship with George Lucas. Uh, okay. Lucas was supposed to do American Graffiti, or most was supposed to do Apocalypse Now, passed on it, and Francis Ford Coppola did it. Could you imagine George Lucas doing uh, Apocalypse Now? That's just a, the two don't. That just doesn't mix. For that me. that was going to be his follow up to Star Wars. Hmm. But um, I, I think, don't see that him in that role. Yeah, until, or as a director of that movie. Yeah, I was reading about it. I read an oral history of Star Wars, and that was one of the things he had a production company with Francis Ford Coppola um, that oh, ended okay. up failing. But Apocalypse Now was his project that he passed on to Francis Ford Coppola. Interesting. Okay. So he did Empire. He did Raiders of the Lost Ark. And then Blade Runner. Yeah. And then Jedi and Temple of Doom. Um, After that, he kind of bounced around and did a few smaller movies. He did Working Girl. Um... Last Crusade, Presumed Innocent, Regarding Henry. Those two, that, that, that was his. That was him trying to go after the Oscars with those two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then he did Patriot Games. Which is amazing. Yep. He did one episode of the Young Indiana Jones Chronicle. Was, who, who starred in that? that? That was the guy that was in... Um, oh... Um, I, I want to say River Phoenix, but River Phoenix did it in... It was in the movie. Yeah, he was young Indian in the movie. Sean you know, Patrick Flannery. Guy, yeah, from... Uh, Boondock Saints. The, Irish, the, the brothers. Boondock Saints. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that's who it was. That's right, if I'm wrong. Yeah. But Harrison Ford actually made an appearance in it. Yes, as old Indiana Jones. Of course. I didn't know. I never I never watched the show religiously. I think I watched an episode or two, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't watch it religiously. And again, going back to that book... Um, because of how they shot that TV show uh, gave George Lucas the confidence that he could go back and make the prequel for Star Wars uh, using Uh, digital photography and going around to multiple sets. Okay. So um, that's why a lot of the prequel trilogy was so heavily, it's like, uh, in, there was so much of the green screen instead of practical effects like the original trilogy it was because they yep. were able to perfect it with uh young Indiana Jones. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Who would have thought? No. Okay. And then he followed that up with the fugitive. Great. God, what a great role. Yeah. Oh. God, that's amazing. Although I guess you could say, what's his name? Um, Tommy Lee Tommy Jones. Jones stole, he, he, he stole the show on that one. Yeah, he really he, did. Here's what was great in it. Yeah, but how many times have we heard it wasn't me, it was the one armed man because of that role? Yeah. I, I always follow that with that. I don't care about that role. I, I always, my favorite line in that movie is, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best line in the movie. It is. It's pretty good. I'm innocent. I didn't kill Mark. I don't care. Yeah. 
All right, then we got Clear and Present Danger. Okay. Then he went to Sabrina. Oh, wow, Sabrina. Yeah. A remake, right? That's a remake. Yes, it was. And then The Devil's Own. Devil's Own? Um, I'm trying to think what that was. Was that? that what is it? It was Brad Pitt. Movie? Brad Pitt was uh, Irish. Yeah. Like, an the IRA the guy that lives with him. Yeah. Okay. Very, very much in the Patriot Games, Clear and Present Danger vibe. That I I consider that the poor man's blown away. I don't know if you remember that movie. Oh yeah, remember blown away. Yeah, that was Bruce Willis. No, 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 no. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Yeah. 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 And Forrest Whitaker. Remember Forrest Whitaker? Wasn't it? Oh, of course. My boy Forrest, Samurai Dog. Yep. All right. After Devil's Own was Air Force One. Great movie, with the with the villain being again the the uh was it was it Gary Oldman Gary Oldman was, yeah so he's still the show on that one yep but he does in most movies he's in correct absolutely and then we had uh, six days seven nights that was with Anne Hayes right yeah they got stranded on a an island together didn't he date her for like a little bit in real life it might have that seems about the right time. Okay. I don't know which way she was swinging at the time. Depends on what, what day of the week it is. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Right. It's yep. always, and she's dead? Yeah, she's dead. She died? That Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Really? What got her? Uh, I don't know. Interesting. I, okay. I didn't know. I had no clue, to be honest with you. All right. Um, after that was Random Hearts. I remember it. But I don't think I ever saw it. I know the name. I know the name. Of, I've heard the title before. I just don't remember what it was about. Uh, let's see. Harrison Ford, Kristen Scott Thomas. Kristen Scott Thomas. God. She got big in the 90s for like two movies. Yeah. <laughs> I think, if I remember correctly. English Patient, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, let's see. He's never, a police. I never saw that. He's a police sergeant. She's a U.S. representative. They lose their spouses in a plane crash and soon discover that their spouses were having an affair with each other. Ooh, sultry. <laughs> Very. Sounds like a bad Nicholas Sparks. It, it does. Like. Um, after that was What Lies Beneath. That was actually a pretty good movie. It's mm. very good. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then K-19, The Widowmaker. Nah, bad, bad movie. Don't remember it. Hollywood Homicide. Something horrible movie with Josh Harnett. Yeah. Horrible. Um, Firewall. I don't know what that is. I uh, remember that one. Horrible movie. Uh, I think it came out around the same time Swordfish might have come out, and they were trying to. They were getting into the hacker kind of movie. Lo- looks like it was a few years later. Okay. Um, let's see, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Oh. Let's not discuss. Yeah. <laughs> he goes into that that phase of let's skip it all. Because uh, Crossing <laughs> Over, I don't know what that is. Never heard of it. Um, Extraordinary Measures. He plays a doctor in it. Don't know what that is either. And then he did Cowboys and Aliens. I've heard that's actually not as bad as people made it out to be. I've heard that's like almost a cult classic at, least at this point. All right, I might have to go watch it because I've just totally avoided it because I heard it was bad. I even that's, pick- that's Favreau, right? Am I remembering uh, Favreau? Yeah, I think so. 
I've heard. I've actually heard it's pretty decent. I need to go. I need to. I need to visit it. I've heard I, that it just at the time. At the time, it just wasn't that great. But if you go back and revisit it, it's heard okay. decent things. I had picked up the trade at one point and never read it, and then got rid of it. Mm. So then, 2013, he's at the point where he did 52, where he was Branch Rickey. Really good oh. in that role. Yeah, 42, not 52. 42. 42. Yeah. Yeah. He was really great in that role. That was an amazing role for him. It was. Um, paranoia. Never heard of that. But if we get the Branch Rickey performance for Thunderbolt, that fits. I I I would be happy with that. Me too. Yeah, I, I'll take that. How long ago was that at this point? Uh, that was 2013, nine years ago. So by the time Thunderbolts comes out, it'll be 11 years. That's a long time for a guy his age. Nope. Uh, let's see. Paranoia had Liam Hensworth as the headliner, uh, Gary Oldman, Amber Heard, and Harrison Ford. Oh, God, Amber Heard wasn't it. There's your, okay. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> An entry-level employee at a powerful corporation finds himself occupying a corner office, but at a dangerous price. He must spy yeah. on his boss's old mentor to secure him a multi-billion dollar advantage. Yeah, dangerous price, meaning that Amber Heard was going to come in there and poop on his desk. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, I see. Oh After that, he did Ender's Game. Thought he was pretty good in that. I never saw it, but I, I'm I'm aware of it. Just never saw it. Yeah, because you were into the book. I thought. Yeah, the book was really good. The movie was okay. Um, and then he's kind of hidden that little. Let's have fun. He was in Anchorman two and Expendables three. I did not know that. I never. I've never seen one Expendables movie. Oh, they they're so fun. The Michael Bay mindless action stuff, but with all the kids, uh, all the actors from our youth. Yeah, I had to. I had to visit those at one point. Yeah. Um, let's see the way the age of Adeline. I don't know what that is. Um, I'm aware of that one. Yeah, that's a uh, Ryan Reynolds' wife. What's her name? Oh, Blake Lively. I think is in that one. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about it. Um, and then he's back into the let's revisit my career by doing Force Awakens and Blade Runner 2049. Yep. Yep. Uh, voice in Secret Life of Pets too. Did not know that. Uh, he showed up in Rise of Skywalker. He was the Force okay. Ghost that talked to. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Yep, you're right. Yep. Um, so, and then, uh, to be honest with you, the the the, the you know episodes what, what seven eight nine yeah. right? Yep. It's hard to remember a lot of that to be honest with you, because it, 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 it's not like I revisit them very often. Right? right. I mean, even with the prequels, they've been out so long. We've been able to revisit them a few times. I think the only one I've wa- rewatched was um, eight, mm. Last Jedi. <laughs> of all the ones rewatched, you rewatched that one, huh? Well, I liked it enough just for the fact it was so different. Um, yeah. The other ones were just rehashes of what's already happened. Yeah, Ryan Johnson at least went out on a limb and tried to make a new story out of it, mm-hmm. and I really like that. Okay, and, and let's stick with, let's stay on Star Wars just for a second. I'm actually caught up on Andor, and I I hate that I am. Yeah. Because after episode, I think we're on episode five, and I think six just came out. If I'm correct. Uh, four, uh, five just came out. Was it five? Just came out. Oh my god, Andor is so good. I, I love it. I haven't it's seen. It's not slow. I haven't seen the last two. Um. Actually, no. You might be right. Because three. The first three came out, 
Mm-hmm. And then four, five, six, I think. Okay, so well, five is what I've seen. I think six just came out then. Yeah, six came out today. I think. Was no, okay. yesterday. Yesterday, because she I, came I, out I today. watch. I do my. I do Disney. I I treat Disney like TJF Friday, because <laughs> Disney has um, Andor, She Hulk, and I begrudgingly watch the Mighty Ducks TV show. <laughs> my kids started watching it, and they gave up on it. It's so bad, Jay. It's it so is. bad. But I just watch it because it's it's actually there's one kid on there that cracks me up. Yeah, it's always the fat kid that cracks me up. <laughs> he's great in his role. This kid is this kid's gonna be somebody. I'm telling you, he's hilarious. Yeah, he's but crazy. is this fat kid gonna end up in jail in a few years? Like uh, no, Goldberg? That's a, they have two fat kids. Jay, there's two. There's oh, two okay. Fat kids. So he has a fifty-fifty shot of not going to jail. Of course, the goalie had to be, the goalie had to be a fat kid. Of course, can't have well, yeah. an athletic goalie. Can't have an athletic goalie. In a no. Disney movie. <laughs> but uh no there's other one there's two and one the fact could go maybe he could definitely definitely could be but this other one he's hilarious now i think this kid's gonna be okay i All think right. he'll turn out to be hopefully it goes into com- go the comedy route somehow because i find him to be hilarious but uh yeah i watch and then um but andor andor is fantastic look they're doing these this the, the this the star wars shows they're getting them right yeah I'm not worried about a movie. I don't need a Star Wars movie, man. I'm okay. Keep giving me these TV shows. I'll be all right. I'm. I, I like going to the theater to watch them. So, give me. Yeah, but spri- I'm not, sprinkle I'm not, in the I'm, movies. I, I'd rather they take. Their, I'm saying what I'd rather they do is take their time to find find the right project. Yeah. And not just rush something out just to have a Star Wars movie come out. Yeah. Because we saw what happened when they were doing when they did that with um. Uh, solo. See, I didn't mind Solo. I liked it better than all three of the sequel trilogy movies. Solo garbage. Yeah, no. Garbage. I give it the official, it's hot garbage. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to pull this back to uh, Han Solo. Because if you got to start, if you're putting an excellence on a film of Star Wars, what have we been talking about the past couple weeks? What Andor? No, well, the movie he stems from. Well, yeah, Rogue One is by far the best movie Disney's so put out for Star Wars. Bar Rogue One, Solo, it's not even anywhere near that bar. It's it's so far below it. It's garbage. <laughs> yeah, but then if you compare it to everything in the sequel trilogy, well, the sequel trilogy—that's that's a mess of its own. My point being, let's find the right project. Oh, let's that, find, let's no, find I agree right with that. And we're not. I'm not in any rush to find another movie to put in the theater. And then hopefully, when they do find the right project, it'll be amazing when it comes out. All right, I will say this about Solo: I went in with very low expectations with all the issues they had. Okay. So I was pleasantly surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, the actor was garbage. He uh, he wasn't great. Targaryen, she was garbage in it. Yeah, but we had Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian. That's the only, and he needs his own TV show. Oh, he does. What they need is a show that jumps from Billy D. Williams to Donald Glover. That'd be great. Maybe Billy D. retelling the story yep. with Donald Glover acting it out. While sitting at a bar telling the story, right? Sitting, <laughs> sitting at, at a, a sabak table. Right, exactly. <laughs> with his with his Colt 45. <laughs> of course. <laughs> All right, so the last movie that uh, Harrison Ford has done was Call of the Wild. Yeah, that was a Disney thing, I think, with a dog. 
Yeah. And I bet you I bet you the dog gets hurt or dies or something like that and they're gonna make us cry. Was, <laughs> That's all I know with Disney. <laughs> it was okay. We it was okay. We watched it, yeah. I don't think it was Disney though. It wasn't? Okay. It, <laughs> but it it was it went to theaters, but it, I think it was because it was twenty twenty, it came out and it's streaming at the same time. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, he okay. well, I, you know I, what you're getting I with that movie. I'm glad you did the filmography real quick because it didn't take too long to go through that. I'm glad no. you did that because if we can get the Branch Ricky performance for Thunderbolt, we'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, even so I, even if it was the Call of the Wild performance, which was just okay, it okay. Would, it's better than the the caricature that uh, Ralph Garman does. Okay. But well, I think what he I, does is more the interview <laughs> Harrison Ford, I don't want to be here. Star Wars is stupid stuff. Okay. Well, we can only hope. Let, let's. I, hey, and and Feige, we trust, and hopefully Feige put in his uh. Yeah. You know his two cents on it. So. I'm sure he did. Yeah. So all right. And we'll see. I mean, did you see any, any other worthy news to discuss? Not really. I mean, New York Comic Con was last weekend. Uh, Marvel didn't really unveil any movie stuff. It looked like most of the movie things that came out were Star Trek related. Yeah. Not all that interested in Star Trek shows, so anything from an actual comic book standpoint? Um, I didn't look hard enough to see what was coming out cuz really okay. only thing I'm really reading is the X-Men stuff and I really don't want it spoiled. I know they they made some announcements. Um I think one of them was around Magneto. I don't remember for sure now. Ooh, okay. Oh, I did hear a rumor that Magneto is coming back. Or Ian McKellen as Magneto. I heard that that's a rumor now. Hmm. I just I don't want the old actors to come back. I want I just want fresh at this yeah. point. And, and truthfully, let's go a couple movies without Magneto. He's been Involved in every single movie so far. Well, Sinister, Mister Sinister, I think your next big. I Sinister would be great, and he'd be a guy that could could be bigger than just X Men. That's where. That's I think that's where I go. The only thing I heard out of New York Comic Con was DC centric. Was I Rebirth is officially done, right? And so they're gonna do their next thing, like that's like Rebirth. Um, so they're relaunching re-launch. again? Say what? They're relaunching again? I, I would assume so. I guess it's only I, been I, about I, 10 years. I, I so. Well, it, it, they, they it, both, both the big two, but they both do this when you had Marvel now and all new, all different, you know. The, yeah, but at least when Marvel's done it, it's like a new jumping on point. It's not like oh, no, we're yeah, going to erase this everything. Is, this is, they're not, oh, okay. That's what this is. This, okay. is not them, this is not like New 52 where we're relaunched. No, this is not a relaunch. Well, because this is just a. Rebirth was kind of a relaunch too for everything oh, but Batman was. and Superman. Rebirth, Rebirth was a relaunch because of the the failure that was New Fifty Two. Yeah, that's debatable. That's debatable amongst a lot of people, to be honest with you. Um, excuse me, but no, this is not a this is not another New Fifty Two relaunch. I, this is just a uh, hey, like you said, a, a new jumping on point to say we've we've got. I mean, hell, I think there's some books that are on volume 10 uh, in trades. Yeah. Um, so they're, and they, they've, they've officially taken the rebirth banner off the books kind of thing. That's yeah. where you're at now with stuff. Yep. 
So this is that, and I don't even know what it's going to be called. I don't think they've given it an official name. It was a matter of um, the big news being, uh, I think Superman's been off world for a while. And yeah. this is basically um, the biggest news to come out was, I, I think it's going to be status quo for the Batman books, but they're relaunching the Superman family and they're, they're focusing on a Superman family of books now Okay, where you had, you've always had action in Superman uh, and Supergirl, I guess, gets her runs here and there. I don't know. Yeah. Who's really following Supergirl too much. But, and I, I don't even know if she's getting her book. But uh, Son of Kal El is going to be done. Uh, the, that book's ending after 18 issues. But it's not, but he's getting his own, he's getting a different thing. He's getting retitled, rebranded stuff, I think is really what they're going with him. And I think Taylor's still going to write him. But, but I uh, saw Taylor say that the book wasn't canceled, that that's been. It's well. That's what people were saying. It's canceled, but it's not. It's okay. rebranded. Okay. It's it's it's, it's it, Son of Kal El is ending because I think what they're trying to do is not call him Superman. Right. Because that's what they're calling. Or they're not going to call him Son of Superman. And he's not going to be called Superman because I think that's what they were calling him. In yeah. The, in the, in yes. The universe because Superman was off world. Well, and then eventually or, dead in in this current crisis. Yeah. So so well. Yeah. Quote unquote I, dead. I haven't seen. I have. I. I will be reading Dark Crisis at some point, and th- basically, this is what this is: it's post Dark Crisis. Yeah. What's the world going to look like post Dark Crisis? Yeah. And yeah. so, th- from what I heard, was John will have his own new book. Um, Superman will be there. I think Action Comics is going to be the, if I remember right, I guess wherever Superman was, there's two kids that he's bringing back with him to kind of replace the John storyline. And now, so, so you get the Superman family. There's going to be a, fa- a family book, is what that is. I don't know if it's going to be action or not. So it's going to uh, mimic the Superman and Lois TV show, then. I guess that's. I think that's what they're going with there, possibly. Mm. And I think uh, Connor's going to probably come back in the fold somehow. I don't know if he's getting his own book as Superboy. I don't know. I know, I know he's if, he's back already because he's been in the the Crisis stuff. But. I, but he hasn't had a book, is what right. I mean. He, there hasn't been a, a Connor because there was for a while there. There was a Superboy Connor centric book, right? There were um, there've been a few. Yeah. yeah, the last one I think was Lemire. I I think you might be right. Yeah, uh, there, cause that was before what Infinite Crisis where he died. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I don't remember the specifics of it. All I know is that the biggest the biggest announcements were super, it was Superman centric. Yeah. To, Trying to really capture and re- basically relaunch, saying this is our mantle. We're not. They're try. I think what they're trying to do is is show. I think what they're trying to do is show WB Discovery that Batman is not our only product that we have that'll sell. Yeah. This is, I think that's a big push. That's what I think because I I don't know. I'm not as caught up as I'd like to be, but. Apparently there hasn't been a solo Green Arrow book. Maybe is what they 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 they've pulled away from Green Arrow. They pulled away from Aquaman. They pulled away from Green Lantern. They really pulled away from those books, and they're not printing as often as they used to. Maybe is what I'm what I read. I I don't remember as much as I should to talk about it. Yeah, I I'm, I'm pretty sure there've been a few different Green Lantern books, but they're not really focusing on like the Hal Jordan stuff. I think it's more yeah. Jessica Cruz, whoever the other new ones are. And I think what this is, this re, I think this new, not a relaunch, but this new, whatever. The new phase. Got going yeah. on, I think maybe they'll be coming. They're going to kind of go, okay, we went out there and now we're going to come the, back and. Let's come back to our core characters. I think so. Yes. Yes. Come back to a great way to say it. 
even even Justice League, there's been rumors about, hey, who's going to be on the Justice League post Star Crisis? It's going to be the main the main seven. They're coming back. I think that's what they're going to try to do. So are they going to demote Cyborg back down to Titans or? That's a great question. There's been rumors. Yeah, that's one of the big things was to say that. Yeah. He's always felt out of place in the Justice League for me, just for the fact right. that everywhere else you look where they have Titans stuff, he's always involved there. Mm-hmm. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think and I think it serves him well to be moved back down. So we'll see. I, I don't know. I'm curious. I'm really curious about what they'll call this. I don't know if they'll get another banner on the books. I'll say, yeah. not rebirth, but post crisis or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. I don't know. But I, it's it's funny though that I, for as much as you've not been enjoying Dark Crisis, that's it's been a big event. Apparently, it's been it a hit. big deal. Yeah. So it's a, I think that's a great ending point for Rebirth. Yeah. I think that's a great way to where you start with Rebirth and you end with basically death, the death of the Justice League, right? Yeah. And and then now you after post post Star Crisis, you're kind of call it again we're gonna be reborn into something else right and so i'm is, curious what they'll be doing is it bad that i've had the fourth issue of dark crisis for the last month and i haven't read it no just because you've been in your action stuff and there's so much action and stuff it's hard to keep it straight <laughs> yeah. to be honest with you so i'm even falling behind on that so. reading, you're reading you're reading you read actually you real you read actual like real books yeah. <laughs> so this stuff so <laughs> i mean that gets in the way too yeah a little bit so, yeah, no, that's uh, that's that, that's my only thing to contribute from com- from New York Comic Con that I, I kind of caught. Yeah. So, so I, if but, uh, I I do remember what the X Men thing was, and they're having a big sinister crossover, and I think it's going to be bigger than just the X Men. Okay. Because he's he's been plodding in the background for most of the Krakoa stuff, and it's really starting to come ahead where I'm at about three months behind. Okay. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what they do with him. See, and now I need to know, see. Okay, <laughs> all right. Bounce around a little bit. Get, so we'll get out your start. list. Well, because yeah, I, I find it funny. So I got through uh, Mark Wade's Flash. Okay, the first volume of it. Yeah. Now I, having read that, and then thinking about Reborn, Flash Reborn, Jeff Johns bringing Barry Allen back. Yeah. I now understand why people hated that so much. I really do. Cause to, to a generation of people from the nineties until early two thousands, I think. Mm-hmm. So over a decade, right? Yeah. Wally is their flash. Yeah. And I get it now. I, I, I wasn't, I, I was like, what's the big deal is Barry. And now I totally get it where Wally is the character that I relate to more. Wally is more. Barry is very dry. Yeah. I never realized how dry Barry is as a character. Um, Wally's so, Wally's more Wally. I now understand the Wally Dick relationship better in regards to their friendship. Yeah, because those two, I get it now. They're, they're 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 both very light characters, and I don't mean light as in like you know they're not important. I mean light as in they're not they're not brooding and dark and yeah. the world's an evil place. Th- those are not those two characters by any means. So you want to know what's funny is you mentioned Green Lantern, and the first thing I thought of was. Justice League needs to bring John Stewart back as the Green Lantern because they're that same group of people that have Wally as their Flash mm-hmm. have John Stewart as their Green Lantern because of I the cartoon. Be to it. I, I that that John and and Hal are so interchangeable to me as far as who would I be interested in being the main 
Green Lantern of Earth, right? Yeah. Either I like either one to be honest. With you. I really do. Um, I always found John more interesting as a character than Hal. I thought Hal was yeah. kind of dry and and boring. Oh, okay. So, See, and, but did you do the entire Jeff Johns run on no. the Green Lantern? That's no, I'm not a like, huge Green Lantern guy, so. Yeah, and then that might that might change your mind a little bit. But the the funniest thing to take from that is you've gone and done reads of older books. Yeah, and this is not even that old. This isn't like a, a golden age or even a bronze age book. This yeah. is a nineties book. Yeah, I'm late nineties. The writing is so different. There's so much. Yes. like these books these days, they they they're the action and the art really carry the story a lot more than the words do. Yeah, my God, the writers overwrote does that mean does that make sense to you like oh yeah wrote too, there was just too much verbiage in these books that it takes forever to get through um uh, so much exposition and the art the art is beautiful um laroque was the artist for yeah. wade and i'm like your art is dated it looks like a 70s book or an 80s book but i could also see it being a very 2000s book if they just changed maybe the color and the shading of it a little bit yeah I would agree with that. It's hard to read and it's hard to look at. It really is. Where you, I've been so accustomed to modern comic books for such a long time. So um, before Infinity War and Endgame came out, mm-hmm. I reread the whole Infinity Saga. Yeah. And that is like the pinnacle of overriding. Yeah. I like, I was like, I might have the kids read this before they go see it so they truly understand. Yeah. And then I'm like, there's no way it's like a 11, 12 year old would totally understand this. I don't know how I read this as an 11 or 12 year old. No, you, you probably didn't. You probably read most of it, but oh, you no. probably like more, the pictures more than anything, I guess, would be hopefully what, catch, I, what caught your attention. I read the whole Infinity Gauntlet, the original. Yeah. Um, yeah. As the sequel series came out, I kind of fell back, but man, it was it felt like a chore at times. Yeah. And so yes. like when Matt- that's what this felt like, there's, there's parts of this flashbook where it felt like a chore at certain yeah. points because there was no continuity of it yeah. from issue to issue. It didn't build like a run. It didn't build as one big story. There were individual anthology stories that had a sprinkling of a continuous theme throughout the issues. Yeah. But man, they did not connect well. They did not at all. And so Madeline's always looking for Batman stories to read. And I'm like, I can't in good faith recommend uh, The Dark Knight yet because there is so much exposition in it. Yeah. And at her age, she's just looking for a good, quick story. Um, well, it's not quick. New 52, the New 52 Batman stuff is amazing. It is. Yeah. It really is. That, oh, no, I agree. And, and she's going to get into that. But, like, that's totally different than reading The Dark Knight. And then... Uh, for you know, as far as recommend, she can go. She can go prior to that. Oh yeah, because um, she's read No Man's Land. Okay, well, that's that's a lot of extra, that's a ton of writing in that. It one, is. To be honest with you. So going back that far, I'm trying to find her that sweet spot where it transitions more into more modern writing of comics. Yeah, um, I I would definitely the New Fifty Two is on her radar. She really wants to read that. Um, uh, Bruce Wayne, uh, Bruce Wayne Fugitive. Yeah. Bruce Wayne, she could get, she could do that. The the Morrison stuff with Damien, uh, Last Son, she could do that. That'd be really easy for. Then it introduces yeah. Damien to her, so she understands that. Um, and she's gonna go in with the negative on Damien because she's a big Tim Drake fan already. Oh, 
once she reads last yeah time, she reads the when she when, when she reads when uh when dick and and, and damien are the batman and robin yeah it'll change it'll change her mind trust me it will it it'll endear damien becomes and then she'll read in batman she'll read batman incorporated yeah and she'll see the relationship between talia and damien and you get you find you find your heartstrings being pulled so hard that poor basically like poor damien yeah. this poor kid he never had a chance yeah he never had a chance because of his upbringing yeah. and how hard he's trying to work to change himself it endears him and so I don't understand how someone, a daughter that loves Son of Kal El so much and loves John, there's no way she can't love Damien because those two, they, they, you know, okay. they go together. I they will do. say she hasn't read the Super Son stuff. She's oh, got, she so she has the first different. trade, um, but it's better that she hasn't. It's better to get to know Damien first, okay, so that you could see how how John changes Damien a little bit. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll tell her that. The, the the balancing of of John to Damien it's it's as if though Bruce and Clark would have met when they were kids it really yeah. will it really is and it's it's fantastic it really is yeah so I know she might have an affinity for Tim now but the problem was DC screwed up Tim so bad he becomes he's just a background character at this point he really is and well, they did him dirty they did him dirty in in Detective that's what she knows him from though. She hasn't gone back and read the older stuff yet. She wants to oh, see, because see, of what she's stuff, read. That's, that's the stuff that'll make you love Tim. But they yeah. bastardized that character so much that he's become he's he's a shell of who he was. He's not the Tim that that you and I know. Yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, Tim's almost a character at this point where I almost like it'd be better if you just killed him off. Just kill him. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't know. It would it would have served him better to be killed off and and left dead. For a very long time. So, have, have you read any more of the detective run since we last talked? Uh, no, I, that's, I was going to get to that. Okay. So, okay, so I read Flash. Yeah. And then... Um, so, I, I just want to point out to you, Mark yeah. Wade sets up the the Barry Allen coming back. So the, I'm sorry, say that one more time? He sets up Barry Allen coming back. Mark Wade does? Yeah. Uh, I think it's around okay. issue 150 of that series... Okay, it, it because starts. I know I, the the Mark Wade run of Flash is it, when he starts off. I believe it's issue sixty two. Yeah, where he starts. So he has a good long run, apparently. So yeah, he had a problem. really long run, and I had so, a few yeah. issues where the Barry stuff was starting because yeah. I knew I, I read I read the Jeff Johns. Uh, well, the Rebo- it's reborn for him too, right? Flash reborn. So yeah, I think so. I, what I remember from that more than anything was the artwork because the artwork was incredible. Yeah. I, I, I think it was Ivan Ivan Van Rees did that, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think so. The cover, the, the cover art was incredible on those. But so, yeah, I I went back to Batman after Flash, and I, I went, yeah, Detective Volume 1, Rise of the Batman. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm interested in, in getting to Volume 2. I got to get to, I got to get to Volume 2 of it. Uh, but before I get to that, I had to do Batgirl and Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, who was Oracle. Talk about a garbage book. I hated this book with a passion. It was boring. It, the action was just not there for me. Was I that not care about Gail Simone? No, no. I was after that. I, the books I got. The, I left the book upstairs. I should have brought it. It's it's a it's a two sisters. Two sisters wrote the book. Okay. Uh, and then 
So it's really bad. It's it's very very bad. And yeah. maybe it's because maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's more the it's maybe it's for your teens. Yeah. Maybe. But I could care less about Black Canary. Um, Huntress is just the Huntress was the only interesting part because of her involvement with Spiral and with Dick Grayson. That's the only thing I really kind of cared about with her character. Yeah. But they made small mentions of her here and there. But the book was. I'm like that book should have been if it wasn't canceled right after that. I, Hopefully, very soon after that, <laughs> yeah, it's just not good. Um, artwork was pretty bad on it, too, to be honest with you. But then I uh jump over to Batgirl, uh, Beyond Burnside. I'll recommend that to your daughter, I really will. Is she in Batgirl at all? Yes, she is. Did she read? Did she read any of that? Is that uh, is that Rebirth, ho- the beginning uh, of the yeah. Rebirth? Yeah, Hope Larson, yeah, um. Kaylee read that. She's okay. She has the first twelve issues probably. Melon's okay. got them sitting there to read. She just hasn't gotten to it yet. Yeah. No, I, I will recommend. It. I loved it. Okay. I really hope Larson kicks butt on this book. Really, really good. Um, she but but she also gets some help because uh, Raphael Albuquerque is her artist on it. Yeah. His work is. I, I've always been a big fan of his work. He does a phenomenal job with yeah. the artwork on. Book. So was it where like Barbara travels to China, like Taiwan, China, Japan, yeah, Korea, yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, I I remember reading those first few issues and I really liked it. Yeah, it's good. If you ever want to go back to, it, I'd I'd recommend it. It's uh, her books are not in my reading order for Batman. Yeah, to be honest with you, but I liked it so much that I'm probably gonna go ahead and just get the rest of her solo stuff. Yeah. So I can, because then eventually it'll catch up with uh with the Nightwing run. Yeah. I, I, I can match up some stuff and, and I don't I don't think that run, I bet you it fills in holes for my Nightwing run. Yeah. And I don't think that run goes super long either. Oh okay. So it'd be easy enough to do. Yeah. Um and then I then it jumps over to a Red Hood book. So okay. volume one of Red Hood. And I find it funny that just a minute ago I said, go ahead and kill off Tim Drake. Yeah. I'm really enjoying Red Hood, but here's the problem. And I feel bad that I like this Red Hood book because it's written by Scott Lobdell. Yeah. And aren't we supposed to hate Scott Lobdell now? I don't think so. I thought he got involved with some kid stuff. (laughs) I think if you look him up. (laughs) I could have swore he was the one that got involved with him. I can't. I'm like, I'm reading this book going, oh, no. I should probably hate this, but the art Dexter Soy is the artist on it, and his work's incredible. I don't, I never heard of this guy before, but the, his work on this is really good. And the problem is, he handles Jason's character really well. I'm not a huge Red Hood fan, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I've read enough of his stuff with uh, it's because it's the same title, Red Hood and the Outlaws, but the Outlaws before were um, oh God, Red Arsenal and uh, Starfire. And so on the previous iteration of it, and that was okay. It was, it was, it got weird, but it, it was okay for a little bit. But so far I'm really loving Jason's character of this because it, 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 try, it focuses on flashbacks with his relation. It's, it tries to focus on a relationship with Batman and trying to hash that out. Yeah. Try to, so I liked it. I just don't know if I'm supposed to be okay with liking it. Okay. <laughs> I feel bad about it. <laughs> so according to his Wikipedia page in 2011, he had a Twitter, Twitter beef with Ron Mars. Um, that's nothing too bad. It looks like, okay. um, 
but in 2013, he admitted to sexually harassing a comic book artist on stage at a comic panel. Okay, uh, so it wasn't kids. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a harassment. No, no. He, he made some suggestive such, uh, suggestive comments yeah. to her on stage. Yeah. Um, and she didn't name him. He came out and identified himself as the person and issued an oh. apology to her. Oh, okay. So, so this, that yeah. So he's not can, so he's not canceled. I can I can no like this book. no. You can like this book. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say he's done some X Men stuff that I really liked, and okay. I, I'm glad I don't have I to worry remember, about that. I just remember I saw the name. And I was like I could swore I just because there was something on Reddit about how we're not supposed to like Scott Lobdell for some reason. <laughs> I was like, what I, did he do? <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, no. Reddit will be one to bring that type of stuff up pretty quickly. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So yeah, man. Uh, I and then after that, I got to, and then after the Red Hood book, I I get to go to the next volume of, detect, of Detective. Okay. So I'll be moving on with that, and then um, I guess Justice League versus Suicide Squad was a big event at some point. So I'm gonna be reading. That. Yeah. Um, I never read it. I just stuck with Detective at the time. I didn't read the other stuff that went along with it. I and guess see, the, that's, that's that, and see once I get past that I get to go on a pretty long detective run. Yeah, volumes three through eight. Or sorry, three through nine are my next. Yeah, uh, on the reading list I got. That's the, that's what I have next. Yeah, time. because t- between two and three was Night of the Monster Men, which crossed over with all the bat books. Yeah. Yep. So, but so I'm 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 in on this stuff again, and I like that Flash book so much. I was like, I went ahead and ordered his the next round of book or the next Mark Wade book. But then when you start talking about X-Men, I start getting amped up for X-Men. And I'm like, ah, I kind of want to move over to that. There's some good stuff over there. But then I'm like, I got to get back to Miles because I got to finish my Miles run. I know. That, that's I the problem. A few Miles books, but man, my Miles stuff, dude. <laughs> here's here's where I'm at with that. I just picked, I ordered uh, one, two, three, four more Miles books. And one of them is Secret Empire. So that's how far behind I'm, I'm on that. That's when uh, Steve Rogers was with like Hydra. Hydra, he was yeah. Pro Hydra or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, and plus there's a Wolverine, Old Man Logan book in the middle of that. And it's yep. volume four. And I'm like, well, I can't read volume four of Old Man Logan without reading volumes zero through three. <laughs> so I've got to read those two. And just to add to that, it's a Lemire book. Oh, Old Man Logan is? Yep. So yeah, of course I'm gonna probably be like, oh, that's gonna be really good. And I think there's already like eight or nine, no, like ten volumes of Old Man Logan. I think I don't think it was that many. Um, and it got canceled, and he ended up going over to Lemire's X Men book. Okay, so yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, maybe what I should do. I think what I should probably do is order a trade of each one. And go one at a time. Then spread them out that way. Yeah, that might be the best, and it keeps it kind of fresh because you're not like all of a sudden like I'm just so tired of reading the but, same character. But the problem is with X Men, it's so many books. Yes, I got to keep them straight. Now I'll probably yep. forget what happened in it by the time I get back around to it. <laughs> uh, yes, but I. I I don't know if the trades do this, but there's a recap at the beginning of every issue that really gives you a good idea yeah. of what happened in the previous ones. So hopefully the trades have that. Very true. So yeah, that, that's where I'm at. I'm going to keep hacking away at my Batman detective run and then um, I'll get around to it eventually. <laughs> 
so that's a recap of where I am with that stuff. Okay. Here I'll run through. Yeah, I, I definitely want to get that Birds of Prey review out too because that was just garbage. Oh, yeah, I hated that book. Yeah, I'll I'll probably pass on that. All right. Uh, all right. So we'll just go through my reading and then we'll call it and we'll talk about movies next time. Okay. Um, I started Paper Girls again from the beginning because I was going to watch the show. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if I watch, if I read the first trade, that'll probably be good for the first season. But the first season was so different. I'm like, well, I'm just going to stop. I'm going to read the whole thing and then I'll go back to the show. Um, so I've read five of the six volumes. Volume six is on the way. I should have it next week. Um, God, Brian K. Vaughn is just a creative writer. Yeah. Um, the show is a lot different than the book. Cause we're, we're going to get a saga show at some point, I bet. We have to. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's... Uh, I go back, back and forth between Saga and Runaways being his best books. Yeah. But they've also haven't touched on something like Pride of Baghdad, which was a great standalone story and would be a good Netflix or Amazon Prime movie. So I'm just worried anything he does is going to get the Why the Last Man treatment. Oh, yeah. Because the show is so bad. <laughs> Paper Girls is different. Right okay. You keep going. I'll be right back. Yeah. Paper Paper Girls is different. It's much like um, Sweet Tooth. Um, it gets to the same point by going a different route. Um, they add characters to the TV show that weren't necessarily in the comic. Um, they tell things from the comic out of order. Um, but both of them have very intriguing uh, storylines that I really liked. Um, there were little things in the show that were different than the comic that I really liked a lot. Um, I've gotten five of the six volumes done in the comic. I'm excited to see how this ends. Um, and it makes me curious to see where they'll go with the TV show. Um, the other one I read, since Will is reading in the X-Men, I read Days of Futures Past again. Um, it's probably been 10, 15 years since I read it. It's just so much better than the movie was. Um, the movie was too Wolverine-focused. And I get why they did it, because of Hugh Jackman. But man, having Kitty as the focal point did a lot for the book. Um, even though she disappears for part of the book. Um, I just felt like the book had a lot more... Um, long-term effect of what was going to happen than they showed in the movie. Um, let's see. I finished 11, 22, 63 by Stephen King an actual book. Um, it was awesome. I loved it. The only downside was he got so in depth on the Oswald stuff in the middle of the book. It kind of slowed it down the pace. Um, but it was a really good time travel story. Okay. Um, I read The Light Fantastic by Terry Pratchett. It's book two of the Discworld saga. Um, I almost gave up on Discworld after the first book because it was one of 40. Oh my God. <laughs> and it just, oh it, it was slow to get through. Yeah. 
but it was one of his first books and the second one was a lot better and from what i've read you can almost get to a point where you can just grab any random book in the series and read it and it's not going to like you're not going to have to know what happened before it they yeah. they go in a lot of different routes so like one of the things i'm looking forward to is reading the um, the first book of this little arc is called mort and it's about the character of death um think of it this way it's a fantasy version of hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy oh boy so it's <laughs> it, it's it's silly mm-hmm. but it's like a a fantasy book at the same time yeah. the the characters are goofy uh the situations are put in are absurd but it's a lot of fun to read Okay. So when I finished that, I went back and reread Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because I never finished the series, and mm-hmm. it's been almost twenty years since I read the first one. So, Great. so yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, and then Freak Angels, it's a Warren Ellis web comic yeah, that you, I picked you up. You were talking trades. about that, yeah, yeah. I'm still working my way through that slowly. But what's typical the, Warren Ellis where it's so weird, it's ridiculous. Oh, it is, and. It's a post-apocalyptic future where England is pretty much flooded and a group of telepathic children are running things. Gotcha. So, really weird, but I love it. <sighs> I just can't do it. No. <laughs> I, I got so I picked cool. up I the premise. See, you tell me his premises and they sound great, but then when the actual execution of reading his actual stuff what happened to the idea? That's I go. Well, this sound when you explain it to me, I'm yeah, like, that's awesome. But then when I actually have to read his crap, I'm like, I hated it. <laughs> Him and Grant Morrison. Well, but even Morrison, I get. I, of course, Morrison. Of course, but even Morrison did his Batman run, right? And that was amazing. His X Men run, amazing. So yeah. When he can when he can control himself a little bit and stay in the realm of this doesn't need to be the weirdest thing ever for it to be okay. It's actually really good. They're both very good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah. Just, they're out. I'm just a little too out. Just to throw a wrench in your reading order. Um, check out global frequencies by Warren Ellis. You had me read that. I've read, I've have you read it? Yeah, I tried. Oh, I can't do it. I love <laughs> I it. I can't do it. And no. anthology series where all this crazy stuff is going on, and they call in secret operatives for it. No, no, I, just not for me. Not for me, man. Yeah, you're missing no, out. Can't do it. So, all right. So you've been reading a little bit. What would I like to say? A little bit. <laughs> I got a little bit of reading done. Yeah. So yeah. I've I've gone back to a Star Wars book, okay. and then I don't know what I'm going to get into after that. I've got so many books to read. So you mostly reading, didn't get any watching done. I, I got a little bit of watching done. Um, we went back and watched the first Nightmare on Elm Street with Kaylee. The original or remake? The original. Okay. How'd she like it? Well, she went on to watch two and three right after it. Yeah. So I, Two and three are eh, I yeah. they're okay. They're nothing great. Um, the one I enjoy the most of the sequels is probably number six, I think, if I remember it correctly, because it got very meta at that point. It was very, very meta where they brought back... Um, Oh, what's the main girl's character? What's her name? I don't Jen- remember. Not Jennifer. What was her name? Anyway, they they brought her back. She was the actress that she she was herself. Yeah. And they were talking about remaking it, but Freddie was in the movie. Like they they brought Freddie into the real world. Basically, it was pretty good. I like that. Yeah. 
And three is Nightmare, Nightmare Warriors, which is super weird. I can't believe she liked that one. Yeah. Well, she likes anything horror for the most part. Yeah. But she should watch the remake, too. The one with uh, Jackie Earl Haley as Freddy. It's actually really good. She she was going, she's like, she wants to go through them all. But go when to, she got to four, four isn't on streaming anywhere right now. Yeah. So yeah. She, but, I think uh, she's going to try to find those. The remake, I think, is on HBO, maybe? Okay. It's out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's out there somewhere to get it. Well, she's not going to watch any this weekend because it's homecoming. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I've watched a few other things, but we'll, we can save them for next time. We've gone co- for okay. quite a while. So, here, that's fine. And uh, can I give you a recommendation, though, to watch before next time? Yeah. I'll give you two things. Okay. Um, Sins of the Mother. Okay. It's a Netflix documentary docu series. Okay. The story is insane. It's mm. insane. That's all I'm gonna say. I think you'd be able to get through it if you had it on his background stuff. Yeah. During the week, you'd be able to get through all of it pretty quick. Okay. Um, and then uh, the next one's Redeem Team. Redeem. It's team. the story. It's the story of the 2008 uh, U.S. Men's Basketball Team. Okay. I don't know if this is a propaganda film. But God damn it, I love America. That. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, dude. I wanted to go watch Top. I, I haven't. I never got to the theater to watch Top Gun, which breaks my heart. Yeah, it's out forever. I felt like I needed to watch Top Gun after that. Just really love America even more. <laughs> Be so pro America, right? You commie. No, no. What do you mean commie? What do you mean? You didn't commie? see Top Gun in the theaters. I, You're like the only person in America. I know, and I'm ashamed for it. You should be. <laughs> so if I feel shame, I'm not a coward. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, Redeem Team, it was so good. It wasn't Last Dance because it wasn't a docu-series. It's, it's a movie yeah. instead of a docu-series, but it was still high quality, man. The guy that did this, whoever did this, I can't remember his name, did an awesome job. Okay. So I won't talk about it. I won't go into details of it. But uh, I hope you. This is one I think if if you don't get Sons of Mother, at least watch Redeem Team, and I think you're gonna really like that. Okay. So I'm putting that on the same recommendation level of um, the uh, Manti Teo documentary. Okay. So I think you're gonna really like this. Yeah, I probably will. Yeah, if you, and especially yeah, if your if your youngest brother hasn't watched it, he needs tell him he needs to watch it. Okay. He'll, he'll love it. He'll really like it. All right, I'll tell him. So, all right, man. Uh, until next time. That's okay. all we got. All right. All right. See you. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, nerdcast.com. It's N-Y-R-D-C-A-S-T. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching at Nerdcast. This week's music is from the East London band, Third Party Incidents. This is their new single, Easy, which comes out today. Right now it's daylight. I don't know why. I have a long streak and I'm thinking I'm sinking And I'm thinking I'm sinking It's streaming in Down on the east side Been up all night Listening to two chains And I think that I'm seeing better things And I think that I'm seeing better things And I'm thinking No turning back, facing a relapse. Think I know why I had 
I got the fuck on And I felt the 